10, 15. Back up field at the 35 to the 40. 45, 50. Pass the 50. 35, 40. Pass the 30. To the 20. Inside the 20. Inside the 10. Hello again, everyone, and this is the Old College Try, and joining me as always is my co-host, Mike Unger. Mike, we're standing <laughs> in a hotel room in, where are we at? Tequila, Washington, and we're not standing, we're sitting. Uh, Tequila, Washington, yes. And Brian's sitting behind me right now. Hello. Brian, say hi. Hello. Um, and we're recording the show because we're troopers, right, Mike? Tequila, a stone's throw from the Seattle airport, and also, as it turns out, very close to a lovely mall. Right. So, this is not our usual setup. Technology-wise, we're kind of improvising on the road here. We have a beautiful microphone, though, don't we, Mike? Let me describe the microphone here. <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's got a ball the size of a softball on top of a of a of kind of a little ledge on a tripod, and we set it up at this a lovely restaurant that we went to in the mall called Joey. It's a Canadian chain. Uh, that Joey she, Joey it's, it's called Joey it's called Joey right. that's right it's called Joey. Uh, lots of lovely employees there, including one, our, our server, who complimented it by saying, quote, I just like looking at it. <laughs> so we got a great microphone. We're hoping it works out well. Folks, understand this is not our usual setup. We're Again, we're improvising on the road here, but we're in beautiful Tequila, Washington. Um, and Mike, we should break the news to the audience. We are going to go to games. This is a great doubleheader planned by our friend Brian. We're going to see an Oregon game on Friday night and an Oregon State game on Saturday. What an amazing doubleheader that is, right? It's a tremendous doubleheader, and it, it took me a while to realize, there's no is there a state with two better in-state nicknames than Ducks and Beavers? <laughs> can't, there can't be. <laughs> there really isn't. So, Brian, actually, what are the games? So, who is, who is Oregon playing? Oregon is playing uh, Colorado Tim. All right. I believe they are an 18-point favorite, Mike says. Closer to the microphone, Brian. <laughs> Oregon uh, plays um, Colorado, 18-point favorite. And 20 and a half. 20 and a half. Oregon State plays uh, Utah, the Pac-10 favorite. So that would be fun for a first half. For a first half. Yeah, I think so. And I will say, too, so I told both these guys and my son Jack agrees, as excited as I am to go to Eugene, which everyone agrees Austin's a great place to see a game, there's something about being able to say, I've been to Corvallis. Because who can say that, Mike? Not very many people. Uh, <laughs> Mike Riley, Gary Anderson. Right. Uh, who is probably the, who is the best ever Oregon State college football player? This is something we should have prepared to, to, to know about. Drew Bledsoe? No. No, he's Washington State. <laughs> no. So, it'll be, again, this will be a, a very – I mean, I'm, I'm very curious to, to – See the contrast in cultures of Oregon and Oregon State. Thank you to Brian for planning the trip. Um, we're currently in, again, not quite Seattle, but we'll be in Seattle later. Um, Mike, the weekend review. Are you ready? I'm ready because to catch you up to date on what I did this weekend, I camped <laughs> in West Virginia and watched zero moments of college football. Now, when I got home, I did watch game day in its entirety and then college football back-to-back. And I got to say – 
it's very, very fun. If you want to take about three hours, because you can get them both done in three hours with going through commercials and going through a couple unfortunate um, stories. Like, you know, there's always the one story about a kid with cancer or something on right. game day, which they're all great stories, but I just don't want to hear them. Uh, it's very fun to watch exactly what Kirk and the guys say is about to what what's going to happen in the games and then fast forward to college football final uh, and see what actually happened. You get a good understanding of what happened in the week. So I, by contrast, watched almost the entire weekend, and it started with a bang, Mike. On Friday night, we had Cincinnati 27, UCF 24. UCF season has been blown apart at this point, and their whole, the whole narrative of UCF is over. The right? whole aura of UCF <laughs> is done for, exactly. Right. Um, and it's just one of these things where it's like, since he's a good, solid program, the coach is doing a great job there. Um, UCF is walking into a nightmare there. And beyond that, um, let's face it, UCF, there's a ceiling for what UCF can be. And that ceiling, it keeps sinking. <laughs> but also, it's like, all right, they can't go undefeated every year. It's just not going to happen. And in the group of five, like, you are in a limited um, – the capacity for what you can accomplish is limited by what you can recruit, Right. It's very difficult to take you seriously, Tim. You're wearing readers with uh, with you look like Andy Reid, kind of. Uh, but they only have one side. What are these they things broke. called? They broke. They they only have one ear holder. So he's wearing a one ear holder uh, readers. Anyway, yes, whatever you said, I agree with. Uh, but Cincinnati, they're not a power five, and they took care of business against UCF. Uh, so UCF, the the aura is done, and actually reminds me a little bit about since we're on Oregon and we're we're going to go to Oregon. When Mark Helfrich took over for Chip Kelly, remember, year two, I believe, he took them to the national championship game, right? And everyone was right. saying, oh, wow, this is just – they're not going to skip a beat going from Chip Kelly to Mark Helfrich. Well, look what happened in the long term. I think the same thing might be happening with UCF with the transition from Scott Frost to Josh Heupel. When Heupel still had uh, Frost players, they, ro- they kept rolling. But as the years continued to progress, uh, the outlook for UCF, not quite as rosy. How about number three, Georgia? Woo! <laughs> uh, put your glasses back on. You can't see. Can't read. Whatever. They crushed Tennessee. So, Brian, any comments on Georgia? <laughs> we crushed Tennessee. <laughs> All right. So, Tennessee remains, um, the, the, of course, the cliche is dumpster fire, right? I want to say two things. First, I think Georgia is clearly top three in the country right now. Right? Would you say, Mike, or no? Um. I don't know. I mean, it, it's very difficult because you've got – you really have a top five with Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, LSU, Bama, Clemson. Clemson, six. So a top six. So I wouldn't say no. I would say no, not clearly top three. Um, clearly top six. And we discussed last week, uh, Tennessee, again, I, I think this is a program that is at a absolute turning point in the existence of the program. I don't know how Tennessee changes what they are. Brian, turn your phone off. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting a phone call. <laughs> uh, no, neither do I. And it just doesn't seem like it's going to be done by Jeremy Pruitt. No offense to him. He doesn't seem like a transcendent figure. If you're Tennessee, and if you think Pruitt's not the guy, name the, the guy to turn the program around. Because I know you and me probably have the same guy in mind. Uh, well, it's not Phil Fulmer. No. Okay. No. But I, I'm not sure who you have in mind. I, I want to hear, but I want to tell you one thing, just uh, an aside, because we love talking about 
fan bases, um, ludicrous thoughts for who their next coach is going to be, coach and savior. So this week, the Redskins fired Jay Gruden, <laughs> and obviously the Redskins are at the. They're worse than Tennessee is in college. They're they're at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. The rumors are Dan Snyder is inquiring about trading for Mike Tomlin from the Steelers to become the next Redskins coach. How hilarious is that? I would like Tomlin for the Tennessee job, right? (laughs) But again, to me, it's like Tennessee missed their opportunity two years ago. Mike Leach was the answer. Yeah. He was absolutely 100% the answer. Now, I think the guy that I think everyone knows is the guy to take the next big job that's available is Matt Campbell. Oh, yeah. Matt Campbell would be a great pick. Right. But Tennessee is a uh, just an absolute train wreck right now. Yeah. And I feel Brent Venables. I mean, a lot of people love Brent Venables, and he's done a great job. But why would he ever leave? He's making, I don't know, over $2 million, $2 million. As, a, as a coordinator right. um, for a national championship winning team. Uh, how about number four, Ohio State 34, <laughs> number 25, Michigan State 10. Uh, we'll just say this. Uh, Ohio State's really good. Yeah, they're incredible. And there seems to be a consensus among the college football media. The narrative this week and, and really the last two, three weeks has been Ohio State's the best team, the most complete team to this point. I think based on results so far, I don't know how you could possibly not have Ohio State number one. They are – they have – I know they've not played the best competition, but they have demolished everybody. As has Alabama. I mean, I love this argument of how can you not? Well, I could easily have Alabama number one. That, that's such a, a controversial, but you can't opinion. You can't. Like, it's very strange talking to you face to face in this it podcast. Is. It's, it's very unnerving. <laughs> I'm uh, number ten, Florida. Twenty-four. Number seven, Auburn. What, they, what was it, Mike? Uh, it was twenty-four thirteen. Twenty-four thirteen. Right. This game notable for two reasons. One, noted listener Ryan Tozier was texting me during the game, which I love. First photo and then the video of I Won't Back Down. That is an awesome track. Fantastic. Yeah. It seems a lot cooler than Penn State fans <laughs> singing Sweet Caroline, which the Red Sox do and numerous other pro and college teams do. But, Very weak Penn State. But do back, better. Back to Tozier. So Tozier, a Clemson fan, mm-hmm. right? No loyalty to Florida. No. He just he basically told me, he's like, look, you know, my son loves college football. We're going to travel around and see different games. They went to the Florida game. He said it was – I asked him, like, all right, so how would you describe the atmosphere? And this is a guy who went to Clemson, so he's seen some good atmosphere. And he's also, uh, as an aside, seen some horrible atmosphere. <laughs> right. And he was like, well, it's very Florida, but it was pretty great, which I think is a very descriptive way of everyone, saying – Everyone knows what it's very Florida means. <laughs> everyone knows they can fill in the blanks. But the – I mean, the I Won't Back Down tradition is one of the awesome. great new traditions. Absolutely of awesome. And the, the one – if you go on YouTube and watch the one right after Tom Petty died, that will give you goosebumps no matter when you watch it. And just I'll say from watching game day from game from uh, Gainesville, it looked I mean it was a huge crowd and they were they were totally into it the whole game. The best part about game day from Florida was Kirk Herbstreit complaining about how hot it was all at all times. <laughs> he, he was very upset. About he said that. he had a river of sweat running down his back. That's why he lives in the north. <laughs> He lives in the 615. Oh, I know. No, he moved down to Nashville, but he's right. Columbus at heart. All right. How about number 12, Penn State? 
36, Purdue 7, Mike. Any thoughts? My thoughts are 35 7, <laughs> you blind ass. I can't And that's that. a very big difference because the spread was 28 and a half. Oh, was? Yes. So yeah. they didn't cover by the hook. So that's a very big point difference. What are your thoughts on Penn State this far this season? Penn by? State is looking great, but it, on last last podcast, um, you were still had the, the mentality of old where you're like, I think it's in sleeping noon kickoff, Purdue. But Purdue is done for the season. Like, they should have all their starters should redshirt at this point <laughs> because without their quarterback, without Rondell Moore, they're just not going to have any chance, which bodes well for Indiana toward the end of the season. So if you're, if you're Jeff Brom, he has had opportunities to go elsewhere. He had Louisville. Not, not, not that Louisville's <laughs> some great job, but that's his dream job. And he chose to stay at Purdue. He got a huge raise. Where it's perpetually gray and cloudy. Yeah. Right? You can't recruit there, right? Correct. His best player is now hurt for the rest of the season. His two best players. And I, his career is basically over. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like the uh, booty, booty's office speaking. But no, I don't think his career is over. But this season is certainly over for Purdue. They may not win another game. How about number 10, 19, Michigan, uh, number 14, Iowa, uh, Michigan 10, Iowa 3. Now, this game, if there was a vintage Big Ten game, uh-huh. is it Michigan 10, Iowa 3? I can hear so many of our, of our Southern <laughs> listeners rolling their eyes through the podcast right now. And again, I didn't see this, but I, I was so unsurprised when I saw the score. Um, one yard rushing for Iowa. <laughs> yes, I love that. Impress, impress, that's because the quarterback had sixty-five negative sixty-five yards rushing. Uh, Nate Stanley because of the sacks. But yet, P.S. Michigan's offense, from everything I saw in red, looked terrible as well as they always do. So with Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, is it is it a Harbaugh issue or is it a Michigan issue? Because as you know, like I Good think question. it's a Michigan issue. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I think the luster is just off. Michigan. Right. I mean, if Harbaugh can't revive them, then no one can. No. I mean, save for one person, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Can you imagine? That would be the greatest thing of all time. Well, you know, everyone says, oh, I can't ever imagine Urban Meyer going from Ohio State to Michigan. True. But Rick Pitino did go from Kentucky to (laughs) To Louisville. Louisville. Um, Now, granted, Pitino really seems like a a scummy kind of free agent kind of guy who'd do anything. Well, Urban is. Yeah, he's Urban. But at least Urban (laughs) did go to Ohio State. Right. Uh, Stanford, 23, number 15, Washington, 13. Shocking. Here for one reason. Again, I said last week, the Pac-12 is. Who knows what's going on out there, right? We're, we're going to know after this weekend. We're seeing uh, we're seeing a fifth of their games uh, this we weekend. We will be as knowledgeable yes. of the Pac-12 as anyone in the country. And as I've ever been in my life uh, because – Not a late game. Yeah, that's right. So I will say, too, so I, I believe the Oregon State game is only available on the Pac-12 network, which, of course, no one gets. We're going we're gonna to be so, our own Pac-12 <laughs> network. So we, we will FaceTime live the game. Yeah, maybe I should record it, sell it on the, <laughs> so on the black Our market. audience can see it. How about Texas Tech 45, number 21, Oklahoma State? I took the score. 35. <laughs> yes. Um, the Big 12, too. Yeah, anything What's going on there? Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll find out a lot after the Red River uh, shootout this weekend. But Oklahoma State was a team a lot of people were thinking they're the kind of the number three team. And now you're hearing a lot of chatter about Baylor. Baylor coming up uh, in the Big 12. You're with your your beloved man crush, Matt Rule. <laughs> Former coach of? Temple. It's a factory of, of coaches. <laughs> the cradle of coaches. The cradle of coaches. Temple University. They're still wait. Just give Jeff Collins like four or five years down in Atlanta. He'll, right. he'll have the rambling wreck back on track. 
How about number 11, uh, Texas, 42, West Virginia, 31. You're um, yawning in the middle of the podcast. That's bad. <laughs> it's What time is it now? We have a three-hour delay, folks. <laughs> Tim is jet-lagged. Um, <laughs> Texas is pretty good, I think. West Virginia is in definitely in the middle of a transition. Like There's things going on there. You know what, what happened to me this week while I was catching up on all my ESPN recorded football shows? I saw... Neil Brown speak for the first time, a coach of West Virginia. <laughs> Interesting looking guy, and not the, it just not, I can see not a prototypical kind of West Virginia looking coach. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, it, it's tough to say. I would say everyone Google him up. He's Google, not Dana Holgerson? He's definitely not Dana Holgerson. Now, Dana Holgerson looked the part as a West Virginia coach, right? Neil Brown, first of all, it's a very boring name, Neil Brown. If you're, if you're, if Neil you're, Brown is a Northwestern coach name. Exactly, or yeah. Ivy League, possibly right. somewhere in the Northeast, right? Um, not West Virginia, or but... a Supreme Court Justice <laughs> Neil Brown. <laughs> if only we were so lucky. <laughs> All right, uh, Mike. This one, this one to me was like the game of the weekend. How do you feel about Nebraska thirteen, Northwestern ten? <laughs> I didn't see it, of course. This game was televised in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what's lost with Northwestern is their defense is pretty good. Right. Uh, they've held Nebraska to 13. They held uh, Wisconsin to 10, right, because Wisconsin got two defensive touchdowns. Right. But their offense is so inept that uh, – uh, did Pat Fitzgerald have any eruptions about Twitter? <laughs> I don't think so. Just his normal stuff. I yeah. love the favorite part of his, of, his, of his last old man rant was, if you want to tweet me – my email address is at. He, he totally mixed his, his, uh, his social media. Outstanding. Mike, finally, the biggest game of the weekend. The one I wanted to go to, but I couldn't go to because I had obligations. How about Maryland 48, Rutgers 7? First, first of all, I don't know what the attendance was. But will you guess what the attendance was for this game, Mike? I'd guess 17,000. 17,000 was what I was thinking as well. Right. Yeah. Um, as a Maryland fan... Was it relief that they won this game? Or was it satisfaction? It's definitely not satisfaction. <laughs> but uh, remember last week's podcast, I expressed a little consternation, thought the coaching change, but little did I know that um, Rutgers' starting quarterback took a Derek King uh, redshirt move before this game. So he uh, is also this kind of this new trend in college I think football. He's retired from football. Now. <laughs> He's retiring, not redshirting. No, I think he's done. I okay, think he's that's, like absolutely that, that's done. a big difference. But uh, a lot. This is the new thing. Like once you start to have a bad season, you're just going to be done with, with football. <laughs> right. And but I, I thought one thing that I find interesting about it is it doesn't really apply to Rutgers that much because they're inept either way. But what if you play a team like say Houston with Derek King early in the season and it's a conference game? You might lose them or you beat them. I don't know. But then another team plays them later in the season when half their starters are taking red shirt. Like, it's almost like playing a different team. There's a lot of competitive imbalance questions there. All right, Mike. So I I know we said we wouldn't do it, but we're going to do it. It's my favorite part of the show. This is my least favorite part. (laughs) Brian, you ready for the uh, others receiving votes? (laughs) Others receiving votes. There's so many great teams. Others receiving votes is my favorite part of this terrible segment. The last team in others receiving votes. Pitt. Oh, <laughs> they should put a plaque up for that. <laughs> that is great. Pitt owns being. But Pitt. they had an awesome win over Duke, 33-30. We got Iowa State, UCF, Arizona, Michigan State, Cal. I love that. 
Tulane, Washington, Appy State, Missouri, and Brian's favorite, Minnesota. There was a lot of chatter among the uh, old college try listener uh, world that Arizona was a contender for this trip as well. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, tell me, here's the attendance of the Rutgers-Maryland game. Okay. Tell me if you think this is an honest figure. 40,000? 30,180. No, it's not. <laughs> Having seen no footage from there, we agree there's no way there could be 30,000. Here we go. 25. Cincinnati in the top 25. I love that. Absolutely. They look like a very good team. And their loss to Ohio State, you know, they did get whooped, but everybody's been getting whooped by Ohio State. Right. 24. We got all right, 24 through 20. A&M, Memphis, Baylor, SMU, Virginia. First of all, what a Texas group that is. Yeah. We got A&M. Memphis, Baylor, SMU. I love that. The SMU game last weekend was insane. They won in three overtimes, came back from down 30 to 9. It was an awesome scene there in Dallas. Um, it, it Does it seem like Texas A&M should have that number 24 ranking like branded on their side? <laughs> That's where they live. Now, they're going to get whooped by Alabama. They might go down to 25, but someone will always keep them in the top 25 for some reason. I think A&M will cover against them this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that your lock of the week? Uh, possibly. Let me think about it. How about 19 to 15? We got Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Yeah, undefeated stuff. Uh, Arizona State, Iowa, Michigan, Utah. Iowa and Michigan, uh, apropos, <laughs> still ranked right next to each other because a 10 3 game will do that. 14 through 10, we got Boise State, Oregon, Auburn, Texas, Penn State. I love the Auburn, Texas, Penn State. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good, great that's group. A, that's a good trio. Great group. And we got 9 through 5, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, who will fall out, guaranteed. Florida, Oklahoma, LSU. What do you mean guaranteed Wisconsin will fall out? Who's going to beat them? Wisconsin will definitely fall out. Who's going to beat them? They can't. They will not. Given their talent, they will not be able to go the whole table, not even until the Big Ten title game undefeated. Well, they still they do have to play Michigan, I believe. It's it at Michigan. I'm not sure where that game is. Right. But that's a that's a cross-divisional uh, game they have right. to play. Which I'm not buying into Jack Cohn as the quarterback. Yeah, I'm you sorry. never have. No. Uh, finally, top five, Mike. Boring. <laughs> LSU, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. <laughs> the question for you is this. No comment. These five never change. It's boring. Even despite the loyalty of our Clemson Compadre fans, does Clemson really deserve to be number two? Of course. Absolutely. You they haven't so? lost in two and a half years. They're, they're <laughs> sleepwalking through this. Now, that doesn't mean that someone could catch them while they sleepwalk. But do you think they're practicing as hard as they as they did, say, two and a half years ago? Well, if they're not, that's a problem. Well, I, it might be a problem. But, I mean, it's just talent-wise, I think they can turn it on when they need to. Until proven otherwise, that's where I'm going. Who's better, uh, Trevor or Tua? This season, Tua, for sure. Who's who's better, though? Um, I don't know. Uh, Trevor, I mean, they're, they're, I don't know. I'm not willing to say who's better. Brian, who's better? Define better. Yeah. Pro style quarterback, <laughs> NFL prospect. No, who's or better in college, college football? I don't care. Tua. 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 In Tua. college? Absolutely. Tua. Well, I don't know. He's football, got... percentage, everything. Yeah, but but Lawrence has got size and arm. I mean, they're both outstanding. Pro- they're both outstanding NFL prospects. <laughs> and by the way, a quick aside, Brian and I got to the airport at six fifteen a.m. and we sat at the bar and we watched. Georgia, South Carolina on the SEC Network <laughs> throwback from 2011. Aaron Murray, Jadavian Clowney. There was all kinds of talent there. It was a back-and-forth game. Spurrier against uh, Spurrier. Mark Rick. Uh, it was great. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> Ten-win seasons. Uh, look, not to, so I had the good fortune of actually being in the interview room with Steve Spurrier 
in oh, really? 1997 when Penn State played Florida in the Citrus Bowl. Oh, that's cool. They beat us, and he was typical Steve Spurrier. Did you ask him a question? Uh, yeah. What did you ask? I asked about uh, our quarterback, I think. No, no, What I asked, uh, about our struggles on offense, and he was just kind of very dismissive. Like He was like, you guys suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was, how great is Steve Spurrier? Oh, I love Steve Spurrier. All right. I love Steve Spurrier, and I I, I love um, his, his two year tenure with the Redskins, where he went twelve and twenty, which is absolutely not on him because no, the Redskins are a cancer; they're a big cancer. But uh, the way he didn't care about losing, I respected that. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike Gensley, ready? Mm-hmm. We got Colorado at number thirteen, Oregon, ten p.m. Fox Sports One. That's 10 p.m. for the rest of the country. That's 7 p.m. for us out here. Damn we it. will be in attendance. I'm so excited. Autzen Stadium. We're going to be at Autzen Stadium. So uh, the first question is, how much Ducks gear do you buy tomorrow? <laughs> so I'm buying. I'm buying some Ducks gear. I, I I wish I wanted to see Lee Corso walking around campus wearing <laughs> that duck head. Now I'm very excited to see a couple things when we're in Eugene. One is the track stadium, Hayward Stadium, yes. where Prefontaine ran, ran its legendary place. And number two, uh, as we know, Animal House was filmed in Eugene. And there are a lot, I, I downloaded an Animal House campus map. There are a lot of landmarks I'd like to see around, around town. By the way, 20 and a half uh, Oregon favored by, it's a lot of points. And I think I might like Oregon in the first half minus 11. How about uh, South Carolina at number three, Georgia, noon ESPN. So I, I let's bring in our local experts. Hold on. I, heard, I heard this week that South Carolina, this is news to me, considers Georgia their biggest conference rival. Oh, conference rival. Oh, right. Clemson's their biggest rival. Brian, did you know that? I do, because that's the only border they share with an SEC team. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, no, Tennessee, maybe, to the corner. So what are your what, like, as a Georgia fan, what are your thoughts on Carolina? Do you like not like uh, them? Or are you kind of like about our Fifth rival, I would say, in order, pecking order. Yeah. Um, and it was fun for the Spurrier years, but after that, eh, you know. So this is not, not a concern for not you? Not a concern. Okay. And is there anything more insulting than when one team considers another its top rival and the other team right. considers that team its third to fourth rival, <laughs> like a Al- la Michigan, Michigan right. State? Yeah. Alabama, Tennessee. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and by the way, the best Oregon State player ever was 1964 Heisman Trophy winner Terry Baker. Terry Baker. Yeah. Well, I'm. I, I don't know. Was he a quarterback? He won the Heisman, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say that it, he was the best. Quarterback or running back? I think All he was right. a quarterback. Mike, you've been there. Number five, Oklahoma at or not, versus number eleven, Texas noon Fox at the Texas State Fair. Again, explain to people what the scene is at the Texas State Fair. For the Red River shootout. I can't do it as well as Mark Packer has been doing it all week because he he, he went once and was blown away. And I have also only been once and was blown away. The thing that I have to stress to people who haven't been there is that there's a 92,000 seat stadium, I believe. (laughs) Not on the outskirts of the fair. Not in the middle of a million parking lots. In the smack dab middle of the fair. You walk outside the stadium and four feet away are carnival rides and... Fried Oreo fried tents, everything, fried right? everything tents, and big techs. And the, the crowd is half and half. Both halves look great in all senses of the word. <laughs> um, the Cotton Bowl, again, credit to Mark Packer. He did, did a great uh, rant where he called it a dive, and he, and he nailed it because obviously I love dive bars, and this is exactly like a dive. 
my actual seat that I bought was behind a giant pillar. I could see nothing, but I, <laughs> but I roamed around and, and spent half of one, half the game on, on the Texas side and then went the other, not the full half, but the other second half on the Oklahoma side. It is a spectacular, spectacular setup. Of course it starts. It's a weird thing. It starts at 11 AM in Dallas. It's crazy, right? Which is very crazy. Um, but it, it is it is worth it for everyone. And earlier when we were at uh, this great bar, Joey, in the mall, uh, <laughs> I said to these guys who we go on our trip each each uh, once a year, I would gladly go back to the Red River Red River rivalry. Um, it's got to be go- called Red River Shootout. Yeah, there. it's got to go back. You can't say Red River rivalry. It's very right. difficult. And again, the, the Cotton Bowl itself, it's still the cotton. It's like the, literally the Cotton Bowl. It is the Cotton Bowl. It's right. not. There's no sponsor. Uh, it's not Jerry World. It's not Jerry World. There's, it's so cement. Like, and there's so many <laughs> pillars in it. That's right. what. But I also I, the, the the location of it in the middle, surrounded by the fair, is it can't be understated. All right, uh, number twenty-three, Memphis at Temple noon. It'll <laughs> be a similar environment there at uh, around the around the link. There's nothing around the link. Imagine it's the fair, but everywhere it's parking lots in all directions except for I ninety-five and in a third and there's direction. like fourteen cars there. <laughs> yes, I, I mean as again, I I I do enjoy Temple football. Yeah, you're starting to have a special partner. I just I wish Temple. people in Philadelphia would like appreciate they have. They have become a legitimate yes, Division One yes. program in college football. They kicked Maryland's ass. And no one not cares. That not that that's the bar. No one cares. And I just think it's funny, like, Memphis versus Temple, it's like, those are the same program, right? Memphis, yes, and Temple. they're very similar cities, <laughs> yes. uh, uh, Memphis and Philadelphia. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of, you're right, that's a very good point. There's a lot of... Uh, similarities there number one alabama at number 24 a and m 330 cbs i'm assuming 1230 cbs here in the west 1230 oh in the west yeah so this will be like the 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 a crew for the cbs bunch right yeah um i told you before i thought i think this game has the potential for bama to be upset no you're you're saying no i have to disagree with you there you don't think there's no party that thinks that jimbo has a a little magic left in him no i don't (laughs) Nothing. I think his magic is going to be when he can be like number three or four in the SEC West. I mean, what have, did you watch them against Clemson? And they, yeah, they look terrible. They I look know. terrible, yeah. and they just have not. They look much better last year than they than they have this year. See, my thing is this: they look still a little bit unorganized, but they have they do have athletes. There's athletes, and I think athletically they can actually match up with Alabama. Um, and I think with a break here or there. This game could be a good game. I have to go back to Terry Baker. <laughs> Not only did he win the 1962 Heisman, I said 64 earlier. Right. Sorry about that. I've been drinking. He was a member of the 1963 Oregon State Final Four basketball team. He's the only person ever to win the Heisman and play in the Final Four. And he was the number one draft pick in the 1963 NFL draft. Uh, I'm going to get a Terry Baker. There was a draft? In 1963. Well, yeah, there was the who, Vietnam draft and the NFL draft. Who did he go to? Los Angeles Rams. Wait, I am wait, definitely LA getting... Rams. Was it 63? Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they were ripped away from Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah. yeah. Cleveland I am definitely getting a Terry Baker uh, jersey <laughs> when I'm in Corvallis. <laughs> All right. How about he's a college football Hall of Fame member, and he played one season with the Edmonton Eskimos of the CFL. <laughs> he's. We should need an award after him. We should. Fascinating right? character. 
So what would our award be for the Terry Baker Award for what? Um, achievement that's gone on to be completely forgotten. <laughs> Longest podcast. And also, or, or achievement across borders of Canada and America. That's right. right. We, need, we need more Terry Bakers in the world today. How about Florida State at number two Clemson, 330 ABC. 1230 Pacific. <laughs> yes, this will be a disaster, right? This well, you know, there's a lot of talk, chatter about oh, this no, game. 27 and a half point spread. The big thing is Clemson is a huge line. The Florida State has been playing quote-unquote better lately. Uh, they won their last two games. They beat NC State and Louisville. Some other, I think they had some other middling uh, ACC win. They've been better with Hornybrook. Seems like a lot of points, but Clemson coming off a bye after the close call you got to figure that got their attention for these two weeks. Uh, I think Clemson rolls. How about USC at number three, Notre Dame, 730 NBC? So, Mike, as you you know, so there are people in this country who follow this sport who believe this is actually a big robbery. Yeah. And I have never been one of them. It's, it has no value. There's, there's (laughs) nothing, there's nothing here. It's a completely invented robbery with no value whatsoever. What about the value of the uniform matchup? The optics are not yeah, bad. Yeah. But again, is this is it is it LA? No, it's in Notre Dame. Oh, then Irish by eleven. Okay. That's Brian, <laughs> that's Brian <laughs> trying to open beers in the background. <laughs> so I think it's Notre Dame clearly wins the game, right? I don't know. Um what's his name? The, the the number two quarterback is coming back to play, the kid who had a great game against Utah. Uh Slovis, I believe is his name. Slovis. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very close to Slovenian. It does. Um, yeah. So I think this game could be closer than the experts think. I'm not sold on Notre Dame. No? Um, are you sold on USC being good ever again? Uh, no. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're good again. Clay Helton, like you think about it. I'm he's sure, too nice. Yeah, he's too nice. He's, he seems like a nice guy. I'm sure he's a good coach. Like he knows more football than you and I. But you do need someone with a little edge, edge or 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 shine or something to be coach of USC, right? You know, someone who Person, Pete Carroll had yes, personality. he had Moxie, yes. right? And Moxie, uh, yeah. yeah, you need Moxie. something like that. <laughs> Finally, uh, no, wait, two more, three more. Uh, number ten, Penn State at number seventeen, Iowa, seven thirty, ABC. Penn State more talented, but at night at Kinnick. You yep. don't want to be there. You that, don't want to be there. Coming that, off a loss, too, Iowa is going to be like, you know. The, the formula is all there for an Iowa win. Penn State favored by three and a half. Everybody the, really, the number being three and a half says a lot. It does. It's a very. It's begging you. It, it's a weird number. But um, everything here says, look, 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 Penn State's been playing great. They're finally getting a little bit of national right. credit. Iowa's been beaten and battered. Uh, this this is a bad situation for Penn State. <laughs> Definitely is. Nebraska at Minnesota, seven thirty p.m. Potentially one of the locations for a trip. Very apparently. interesting little tidbit that came out at Joey Great Bar in the in the uh, <laughs> mall here, suburban Seattle. Uh, Brian was considering taking us to Minnesota for the Gophers and the Cornhuskers, and I believe noted listener Scott Tozer is there. He will be. I believe if I, if I might be mistaken. He's friends with a diehard Nebraska guy who goes to Nebraska games all over the country. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I believe he will be there. And I've been to that. I've, I've quote unquote, tozered the stadium where you walk by it, um, but you don't go to a game. <laughs> it's a beautiful, awesome TCF heart, heart of campus stadium. Yeah. Perfect size, perfect everything. It's a great stadium. 
And Minneapolis is a very underrated city, beautiful city. How was St. Paul, though, Mike? Uh, you know, the biggest <laughs> the biggest lie that has been perpetuated on the American people is that the Twin Cities, you're like, oh, one's right over there? No, they're like 25 miles away. Oh, right? really? It's a long drive to get from downtown St. Paul to downtown Minneapolis. It's important impression. Uh, number seven, Florida, and number five, LSU. 8 p.m. ESPN. Night game. Can you imagine the atmosphere? We don't have to try to imagine it. We were there for a, for a right. night game. I don't know how many years ago was that, six or seven? Seven years ago. That was Spurrier and Clowney. Clowney. Uh, Clowney. South, South Carolina, 8 yeah. p.m. kick. Nothing will ever equal the 8 p.m. kick at LSU, I have to say. I've told people, and like it, again, you you can't explain it until experienced it. The roar in that place when it was rocking, you couldn't hear a thing. Yeah, there was a whistle in your ear, like it was unbelievable. L, you've said it before, Mike. So comparing, I think we both agree that the the best two places we've been, Mississippi and LSU. Yeah, and very different, but different reasons. So Mississippi for the um, how do you the the atmosphere, the the ambiance, the ambiance, but LSU for the game the combination of everything and that place when it was rocking was unbelievable you won't see an alligator on a spit at uh <laughs> at Ole Miss you, you won't you won't see a live rooster being thrown into a into a gambling pen no and also like at, uh, Ole Miss you can see that's a place where the crowd actually is a fact impact the game. game that's a very good point because yeah. like they can't hear yeah they can't hear what they're doing yeah that'll be an amazing game um I do think Florida's good. I think LSU's good. Yeah. This will be fascinating. This LSU's going to destroy him, I think. You Brian, think so? Brian uh, agrees because LSU is on a some kind of mad, crazy mission. They they like almost have made a deal with the devil or something. They you realize they've scored more points than any SEC team ever through that through, right. through this number of games. And Joe Burrow, uh, again, another great part of of um, college game day. They were showing, you know, they show the warm ups. They show. Right. And Kirk Herbstreit was like, he was loving. He's like in love with him. He's like, oh, just look at his face. He knows he can make all the throws. I've never seen anyone more confident. And it was so true, Brian. Always bet on the SEC team with a better quarterback. Yeah, that's a good. That's, that's a good. good. That's that's very wise. wise. Like very that. wise. Like that. Um, and I also love too. This game has become a unique rivalry based on the old Hurricane game. Oh yeah. And they wouldn't reschedule the yeah. game and the rest of it. So yeah. this looks. It's, it's kind of spicy. Uh, finally. We have to give a nod to Pac-12 after dark. How about number 15, Utah, at Oregon State? We'll be there in Corvallis on the Pac-12 network. It won't be Pac-12 after dark. It'll be Pac-12 <laughs> before <laughs> and during and twilight. It's going to be great. 5 p.m. kickoff in Corvallis. Brian thought the, the line should have been Utah minus 21. It's only Utah minus 13 and a half. Mm-hmm. It's a line, right? Yeah. I'm – Look, again, I said before, I am dying to see Eugene, of course, but to go to Corvallis. It's and again, a- Mike, you, you will, like I told you before, you will be one of four people on the planet who have been to Stillwater and Corvallis. That's and impossible. I named a couple of them. Dan Fouts, I think, has definitely got to be one of them who's been to both. Um, Terry Baker, if he's there. Terry Baker. <laughs> uh, the Beavers are going are gonna to do it. They're, they seem to be improved. Unfortunately for Oregon, their coach's name is Jonathan Smith. <laughs> he might be a great coach, but that is just not a good coach's name. That's a Yale coach's name. <laughs> That's an intern. That's name. A, it's an intern's <laughs> name, exactly. All right, Mike, our picks last week were what? Um, Tim, I picked Auburn, which I thought was a good pick, but <laughs> it fell a little short. And by the way, if Derek Brown had been able to return that thing for a touchdown, 
or if Bo Nix hit the one guy in stride, might have been might have been different. But I got a loss. I'm three and three. Tim, you went with Navy. Great pick as always. Right. Did you see the highlights of this game? By the way, incredible, incredible yes. finish. Malcolm Perry converted several key fourth downs, scored a touchdown at the very end of the game for uh, for Navy to win, coming off a three and ten season. They've they've got this thing turned around. So you're up to you're up to four and two. How are you feeling, Mike? Just in general, right now, I'm feeling great. I'm on the lesion number four. My body feels like it's 5 p.m., but it's really only 2 p.m. All right, Bobby hit the bumper. Plays bets on college football. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. What do you mean you don't bet? I mean, I don't bet. You know, I don't gamble. I don't. I never have, and I never will. Yeah, right. Tim, in the spirit of absolutely no preparation, <laughs> I am taking Texas plus 11 at the shootout because uh, I take Texas every year and everyone because Oklahoma always looks way, way better. And Texas always comes in and covers Texas. I am taking Iowa to cover against Penn State. Plus three and a half. Yeah. I like that one, too. Yeah, right. Brian, even, if, even if Penn State wins, it's going to be a one or two point win. Right. Brian, what do you think? The Utes are going to roll on yeah. Saturday. Brian and said, we'll be there for it. Yeah, he said two touchdowns. He thought it was, it was almost to the point he was like, I'm going to give you 20 bucks when you put the bed <laughs> in for me. Yeah. 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 All right. So, fellas, from here, it is what time is it now? It is 225 Pacific. Oh, my God. So, we are, so we're going to be leaving here, going to the city, see Seattle. Soon. Yes. Um, and then it's the rest of the way, the weekend. We're going to see the fish be thrown at the market. We're going to go to some <laughs> breweries downtown in Seattle. We're going to wake up tomorrow, fly to Portland, go into Portland for lunch. We're going to tozer the Portland Timbers Stadium. Yes, we definitely We should. can drive right by that. Yeah. Um, then we're down to Eugene, full day of hanging out, tailgating in Eugene. Wake up the next morning. I'm very excited for this part. Oh, this is an underrated part of this trip. Wake up in bed at like 8. Game day is almost over. Then right. the Red River rivalry, Indiana, <laughs> Indiana Rutgers, all your nooners start at nine a.m. out here. So you can, yeah, just yeah. watch them in our in our hotel. It's gonna be great. <laughs> then we have, of course, the Beavs and uh, the Utes. What a matchup that is! Probably gonna only stay for a half of that. I'm predicting, and then go to sports bar, watch LSU, Florida, uh, right. Penn State, Iowa, and USC Notre Dame. It's gonna be great. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right, folks. Thanks again. So um, we'll be posting all weekend on Instagram. I'm going to try and do Insta Story for the first time. I'm not oh. going to be posting on anything. Brian's in hell with Insta, right? I just, no. <laughs> all right. So, folks, thanks again, and we'll see you uh, soon. Now, what about Pachas? Oh, wait, Brian, you want to say Pachas? No, we can do Pachas. Good. Pachas. 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 Thank you for listening to the TCFN Podcast. For more college football news and wit, visit 